Twilight Zwugzwang. Jim Bishop stared down the pale curve of his driveway to the point where it ended in a pink-purple sky and waited for a Cadillac to come into view. Yes, that might work. But hold on. The Cadillac is driven by a man named Jones E. Jones, who may have two other men with him. Old Man Bishop tightens his grip on the antique shotgun in his hands, a gun he wasn't sure would fire. Let's stop right there. I don't really want to move too fast. I only do so because I have you, an audience, watching over my shoulder witnessing the writing of the story. And oh, I can hear your thoughts, your expectations, and emotional baggage. But I must continue, even though I usually steep in the opening line, relishing the possibilities. It is my favorite moment of writing. In that first line, so much can happen that it's... What? What? Okay, I'll get back to the story. You don't have to be an asshole. I mean, you're more than welcome to stay, or you can piss off. Just don't expect me to hold your hand or be all like, Howdy, folks, come see how a writer writes a story. This isn't Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, you know. All right, so we have an old man holding a rusty shotgun, waiting for someone with the dubious name of... Jones E. Jones, an apparent armed standoff of some kind. Not so complicated. Or maybe it is. I don't know yet. And if I don't know, and I'm the writer, how on earth could you? So be quiet. And even though this opening has a possibly complex tension, it doesn't warrant a novel, and certainly isn't a poem. If the story was a poem, it would go something like this. Twilight Zwugzwang. Old Man Bishop leaned on the rail with rusty shotgun, staring where a gray gravel driveway met purpling sky, and Bishop waited until he didn't have to wait anymore. Oh, be quiet. I know the poem needs more work and doesn't do the situation justice, so we're agreed that something else is needed. I cracked my knuckles. A story. Let's get back to work. Old Man Bishop a loner in his late 60s, only has a fat, blind, and incontinent dog named Daisy as companion. Bishop is waiting for someone with the dubious name of Jonesy Jones, a man who may or may not want to cause bodily harm. We can only infer that Jonesy wants to do harm because old man Bishop is armed, but really, we don't know much at this point. What we do know. 1. There is an old man named Jim Bishop, standing with a rusty shotgun, staring down the light gray gravel driveway, overlorded with leapless limbs of trees, waiting for someone to arrive in a Cadillac. And I'm sorry to add the trees now, but thought they would be nice. Two, Bishop is waiting for a man named Jones E. Jones, who may or may not want to cause bodily harm, and might also have two other men with him. And that's all we know. I as author, and you as... Well, frankly, all of this is rather intrusive. I'd call you a voyeur, but I happen to be dressed. I suppose you are either confused, having found yourself trapped in the makings of a story instead of a story itself, which is coming, be patient, or trapped in a doctor's office and the story was in a magazine on the table. Maybe you're just bored and nosy. Maybe I'm insane, thinking you even exist. Maybe you're insane, or worse yet, we both are. Ultimately, it doesn't matter. But consider, what if Bishop is the real bastard here? What if he's a terrible human being? 
but his ancient shit-smeared dog and rusty gun, along with the fact that Bishop has been referred to as old, made you assume he was merely an old man. But what if he's an old man with a gun? That's pretty frightening and scary enough. Hold hold on. You see, even in the simple of circumstance, there are myriad complexities. Likewise, all complex situations have gross simplicities. It's all very complex and simple. And yet that is crudely put. Perhaps it is best to do what we don't normally do in everyday life. That is, let's not jump to conclusions until we know everything we can. Many times a wait-and-see approach is best when viewing a circumstance from the... What? The title? Twilight Zwugzwang? Why are you bringing this up now? I know I know it sounds like a brick in the mouth, but it's layered. If you don't know what Zwugzwang means, it doesn't matter. Titles rarely matter that much. Think of Absalom Absalom by Faulkner. What the fuck is that? And Zwugzwang is a real word. You could look it up on your little smartphone. Or you already know it's a chess term for being in a position where you must move a piece, but the move will cause you harm. What with Bishop's name, I thought the use of chess motif would be even better. Is that okay with you? Too obtuse? Oh, fucked it. We'll call it the working title for now, Twilight's Luxury. And I realize some of you are angry at how I'm telling this story. I can feel it, annoyed by my revelation of information, or lack thereof, as if I'm holding back some vital clue as, a, as an author to tantalize or tease using the artifice of my craft. But you must understand, right now, I know nothing more about Jim Bishop or Jonesy Jones or this story than you do. So play along and be quiet, please. All right, imagine. Right now, you and I are standing just behind old man Bishop so we can see him and also his perspective. The driveway narrows to the horizon and tree limb silhouettes reach raggedly over the gray gravel with a purplish twilight sky behind. Yeah, okay, sure, you can add cricket sounds and such if you want. Nice, good, good, good. What? No, no, Mr. Bishop can't see us because we're creating him and his story. Get a hold of yourself. Jesus, this is fiction. Now, if you can, look look at his face. Eyes sunken from lack of or poor sleep, edged with worry as he stares at the place where the driveway meets the twilight sky, darkening, waiting for the headlights now. And the... What? What? You're asking too many questions. Oh, I can hear them. Your voices demands. And it's why I'll likely drill into my skull sometime next week. Home lobotomies work. I've, I've done the research. But I digress. So I'll give you some meat to fill this out for you. Setting. 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 You want to know where on the planet the story takes place. Okay. We'll put the story in the south. Okay. Okay. Christ. You're right. Too overdone. Let's think about this. Uh, How about a former dairy farm in rural Michigan, huh? Nearest town is Riley, fictional, and the closest neighbor is down RF-94, about 300 yards. How's that? What? Okay, Jesus. It's present day. Happy? Good? Now, what else do you find lacking? Don't you have the patience to allow the story to... Jonesy Jones? Yeah, I know it's a stupid name, but I'm committed to it. Same with Jim Bishop. It's weird to compose a story and then go back and change character names if if you've never done it. But Jonesy Jones, he, he'll stay. Much better to let the story unfold as it will, full of moles and blemishes. 
and I'm perfectly satisfied with the patient pace of nature. But with you leaning over me, pressuring me with all your expectations and emotional baggage, I feel compelled to write more than an old man holding a rusty shotgun on his porch, waiting in the twilight for a car to turn at the driveway. Just give me some space, some breathing room. Thank you. Now, look, there are fireflies winking brief strands of light, and Bishop tries to follow a single firefly, but loses it in the light of others. To the east, clouds like enormous dark brains broil toward the horizon, and... uh, What? Huh? Now you don't want any more setting? No more mood or atmosphere? All right, then. What what do you want? What what do you want? Uh, Yeah? Yeah? Background? Yeah? Okay. You want no need, of course. You need to care about old man Bishop on some level. But but again, what if he turns out to be a terrible human being? A a racist? A white supremacist? Why? Because you you assume, by my Catholic-sounding name, that I'm some white guy? Well, well, I am. But what about Johnny Cochran? Would you assume the same for him? Anyway, I didn't say Bishop was white. You fucking presumptuous... Uh, Okay, okay, okay. Just for that, Jim Bishop is black. Happy? Now he's an old black man, dressed in work denim, leaning on the rail of a once blue porch railing, peeling to gray wood beneath. He's holding an old, rusty, double-barreled shotgun he got out from the root cellar where it had been since Bishop lost his only son and used the gun against two men who'd killed Jim Jr. Except old man Bishop killed the wrong men. Certainly they were terrible men, but not the ones who killed his boy. Thinking he had cleansed the world of evil, he hid the shotgun behind the apple crates at the back of the cellar. And there it has stayed through the end of the farm and the death of May, his wife of nearly 40 years. Now he holds the rusty thing in his hands, watching where the gravel driveway ends in purple-black sky. Tree limbs fade into the sky, we're not dipping into the lightness of gravel. Bishop shifts and winces at his stiffness. He blinks and refocuses. He's been standing for nearly an hour, and the first star comes out like a dim pupil, watching him watching for stronger lights to pour into the driveway. Good, yes? Better? So now we know that Mr. Bishop isn't a completely terrible human being. And if a racist, he's perfectly fine to believe that two men who killed his boy were black, down from Detroit and having a night in nearby Riley. Image here. Intersection leading away in diagonals from Bishop's perspective using the chess motif. Boom, boom. I forgot to mention it was an over-under double-barreled shotgun. The men he killed, as I said, were terrible. Both had assault, domestic violence, and felony charges. They were said to have collected debts for a minor Detroit drug lord. So the Riley Police Department wrote the killings off, and it was in the paper for two or three days, and then the locust infestation started, and that was that for news. And while Jim and May Bishop thought it was over, the police eventually found the real killer of the boy. The bishop saw the killer on television. The evidence was clear. He was locked away for life. And here... Let's go for the classic, a toothless white redneck. Why not stoke the already red embers of racism smoldering across our country? Anyway, May's hair went gray and she died two years later. Mr. Bishop has been all alone, save for Daisy. He got the now old and shit-smeared hound after May died in the hope that the companionship and need of a dog would keep the shotgun out of his mouth. The old girl had done her job well, and for many years they... What What do you mean, enough? Get to Jonesy Jones already? Come on. Okay, 
So I assume that you assume that Jonesy is coming to enact vengeance for the murder Bishop was responsible all those years ago. Is that right? Uh, I suppose it could work, but it's pretty predictable, as we've just witnessed. Let's consider some other options, like Jonesy Jones thinks Old Man Bishop is a different old man by the name of Bishop, and he's come to enact vengeance for something our Old Man Bishop is entirely innocent. Now, that's a good story. Or maybe Jonesy is a long-lost relative searching out his roots, having been given up for adoption after Bishop's younger sister died in childbirth, oh so many years ago. Eh, meh. Perhaps Mr. Bishop often stands on his porch holding a rusty shotgun and stares down his light gray gravel driveway to the point where it ends in a pink-purple sky. Huh? Well, all right then. Aliens have landed. It's all over the news. The globe-headed invaders don't just do anal probes, but tear out and collect human assholes. Once cured, the assholes look and feel like those dried apple rings you can get in the health food aisle. Yes, the aliens cure human assholes and wear them on their long, bony fingers or weave them together into a small cape made of assholes. And Bishop is standing on his porch waiting for aliens to arrive in a Cadillac or... What? Really? No. No, look, 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 look. We're, we're, we're merely making sure we have the right story here. Sometimes, as a writer, we have to go down corridors of possibility that are stupid or impossible to find the right passage, the right path for the story. And even though it's the least fantastic scenario, we'll play with some of the more sober ideas explored. And that is... Old Man Bishop often stands on his porch, staring down his light gray gravel driveway to the point where it ends in a pink-purple sky, etc., only usually not holding a shotgun. And yes, Jonesy is coming, but not to do Mr. Bishop bodily harm, and Jonesy Jones isn't related to the two thugs shot to death 15 years ago. That's what Bishop thought as soon as he heard a slick-looking black youth from Detroit was asking around Riley, with gold teeth and a slow smile. The post office clerk told him as much earlier this morning. Yep, said Alex, the alabaster postal clerk with a head so round people called him Moon behind his back. Some slick-looking fella, calling himself Jonesy Jones, rolled up, left his Cadillac idling in the parking area. Had himself gold teeth right in the front. Car thumping that awful music the kids like so much, Moon said, and slid Bishop's mail across the counter. Two other men sitting in there like mannequins. He smiled a wedge of gums. And I know, dialogue, right? Yay, finally, yay. Please be quiet and pay attention. Anyway, old Jim Bishop swallowed hard and pretended to study the envelope in his hand, offering a new credit card. Pre-approved! What else did he say? Bishop said in a very low voice. Oh, I forgot. Old Man Bishop has a very low voice, like Barry White and James Earl Jones combined. Well, Moon sang in a long note, that Jonesy fellow wanted to know your address. And, of course, uh, why didn't you say it? He had a nephew down from the city. And Old Man Bishop went home, ducked into the root cellar, grabbed the cold barrel of the shotgun. And from here, things pretty much fall into place. 
Most likely, Jonesy really is Jim Bishop's nephew. Maybe Chip Bishop shoots his nephew on sight. Or perhaps they embrace in tears of joy and start up the dairy farm again. Image here, Jonesy Jones milking a cow, smiling with his gold teeth. Maybe Jonesy really is back to avenge the death of his father so many years ago. Hey, hey, hey don't get mad. Hell, maybe Jim Bishop is a white supremacist and a terrible human being. We can go back to that, and we can even put the story in the South, okay? Yeah, yeah, maybe Bishop is a notoriously hateful man, and Jonesy Jones is the parish preacher come to talk the word of God, to bring the old man into the fold of everlasting love and the baby Jesus. To be frank and to the point, all the rest of the story is pretty humdrum stuff. Heart-wrenching pathos or a bloody shootout. Both could function as a story. Uh, okay, 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 okay. But listen, sometimes, as a writer, all the work and layering towards some climax or epiphany, it, it can be boring. Honestly, I don't really care about the end and all that respice phenom stuff on some level, because any branch of possibility leads off into an entirely new branch of possibility that leads into a new branch of possibility, all of which could be interesting, some more than others. So I find the movement toward what we consider the end to be overpacked with useless information and clutter. A spotlight artifice is too bright, too much is illuminated, Chasing away all the shadows where the best storytelling abides. I know, I know, I know, I know, goddammit. I know, you came to this story with your expectations and emotional baggage, and you wanted a good tale with tension, rich characters, and a decent plot. I'm so very sorry to have disappointed you. But I never promised anything specific, and you always had the choice to leave to stop listening, etc. I don't have such a luxury. I have to end this fucking story. Somehow. Or you can. Feel free to finish Jim Bishop's tale. Take control of the situation and play it out any way you like. Even with aliens who collect and wear human assholes as jewelry and capes. Just don't be surprised if you're not satisfied with the result. So yes, I'll leave this story where I find it to be most beautiful unadorned and nascent, full of ambiguity, intricacy, with infinite endings. I'll write the story from beginning to end, and it will read like this. Twilight Zwugzwang. Jim Bishop stared down the pale curve of his driveway to the point where it ended in a pink-purple sky and waited for a Cadillac to come into view.